Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Well, good morning. In behalf of Pastor Mark and Terry, who are in Malaysia right now, they are actually doing what we've been, what we are, why we exist to make disciples in Micronesia and Malaysia and beyond. So, good morning. My name is Armin. I'm not the pastor. I stand to help Pastor Mark. Well, anyway, how many ever are excited over this series, Dare to Believe? How many are you, how many of you are believing right now or daring to believe? Well, today we continue on our series. We're now on week three. Week one, Pastor Mark uh, talked about how Jehoshaphat had the faith to be delivered against over, uh, overwhelming odds. Then last week, Pastor Mike Paderis from Philippines gave us the, which we kind of spoke so much already, that just the power to declare that the life and death is in the power of our tongue. And that's what we talked about last week. Well, this week, week three, we're going to talk about Caleb, the story of Caleb and his faith to conquer. It's a faith that conquers. Are you ready for the word? Let's go ahead and start with Joshua chapter 14. And let's read. This is a a long reading. Chapter 14, verse 6 to 7. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back words to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old, And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Verse 12. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord would be with me, And I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord of Israel. Let's just pray. Father, thank you for the day. Father, I pray that our people will hear, our people will see, and we would believe in our hearts, Father what we're about to look into today. And I pray, Father, that you would go beyond my words and beyond the scriptures, that you let the Holy Spirit speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's going on here? So coming from the book of Joshua, Joshua is now the leader of Israel. Moses has died. They've been in the promised land for about five years. Now Caleb goes to Joshua, their leader, and reminds him, hey, 45 years ago, Moses gave us a promise that wherever I walked, I can take as an inheritance. 
Now, he said, he brought along his whole tribe, the tribe of Judah, and he reminds Joshua. And he, and he gives this elaborate explanation where he said, I am as strong today as I was when we first heard or when we first spied out the land. So that's, that's really the setting of this story. So, so let's go back 45 years ago. What was the promise or what was the instruction that Moses gave them that Caleb was telling Joshua or reminding Joshua? It's not that Joshua forgot. But it's really how we've been talking how you have the word to declare. So this is what Caleb was doing. He was reminding Joshua that 45 years ago, God told us to walk the land, scout it out. And wherever we walk would be our inheritance. So let's just go back for a little bit. So that event really happened. In, if, you, if you're familiar with this, it, it's in Numbers chapter 13. What had happened was that the Lord commanded Moses... To get a man from each tribe. So 12 tribes, 12 men. And to send them out to the promised land. They were, at that time, they were still in the wilderness of Paran. And they were, about to, they were just still about to go into the promised land. So Moses commanded them, go to the north, go to the south, go to the west by the ocean, the east by the river, go to the mountains, the valleys. See if the cities are big. See if they're fortified. See what kind of people, uh, people live there. See if the land is really good. Take some produce from the land. See what kind of people are we going to meet. So they did. They went for 40 days. They scouted out the land. And 40 days later, they come back and they presented what they saw to Moses. And at the beginning, it was really good. They said, truly, this is, the, this is the 10 spies, or this is the 12 spies, one from each tribe, including Caleb and Joshua, said, truly, the land is flowing with milk and honey. Then, the word, then after that, they said, nevertheless, the people that live there are great. The cities are big, they're fortified, and we saw the descendants of Anak, or the giants, but all along, while, while they were still telling Moses that, Caleb interrupted and said, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That's what Caleb said. And this is what he was telling Joshua, that I gave a report to Moses as it was in my heart. And this, what he had in his heart. Let us go at once. And take possession for we are well able to overcome it. This is Caleb. But the other ten had a different response. This was their response. 31. So the other ten, twelve of them, Joshua, Caleb, too, responded that way. We can, we can take this land. But the other ten, yet they saw the same thing. Twelve spies saw the same thing. Two responded that way. The other ten responded this way. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Talking about the power to declare. They just declared their defeat. So this ten people, this is what they responded. 
Caleb and Joshua responded so differently. Where did that come from? Where did that originated? And of course, if you're familiar with the story, this whole declaration that they gave to Moses actually became their own debt. Correct? So, so going back to 30. So where did this originated? Where did Caleb get this such a faith and perspective that he said, we can surely overcome. We can take possession right now. Let us go now. Let us take possession. We have said in the beginning of this series that faith is a response to the promises of God. Isn't it not? Faith is not something that you can just conjure up from within. That's called positive thinking. Faith has always rooted in the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. So if Caleb had a faith like this, then therefore there was a promise that was given before they even scouted out the land. And this is really his response to that promise. So let's go back two years from this time. And I'll show you what those promises are. Two years ago. Two years ago. Not this time. Two years ago. But in numbers. Two years prior to uh, before. Two years. Okay. Let's uh, correct that. Not 2014. Okay. Out of numbers chapter 13. Two years before this. Before God ever commanded Moses to say to scout out the land. They were at Mount Sinai. At Mount Sinai. The Lord spoke to Moses 40 days and 40 nights times two. Two events. But in the first one, this is what God told Moses. Exodus 23, 20. This is regarding them going into the promised land. This is one of the things that he told Moses. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. How many times do you see I there? One, two, next verse, 23, it says, For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hibites, the Jebusites, the Dynamites, the Mosquito Bites. It's not there. And I will cut them off. Okay, you're listening. You're reading. That's good. These are the nation that was inhabiting the promised land at that time. So how many times did God say, I? You can see at the end, says, I will cut them off, for my angel will go before you. Next verse, 27 to 29. Here we go again. This is God speaking to Moses. He said, I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And I and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites the Canaanites, the Hittites from before you. Again, I will drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate, not in one year. I will drive them out from before you, not in one year, actually. Is that correct? Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. How many times did you see I there? Three, four. Who's doing the I? God speaking the I. Next verse. Well, that was it. And I, will set your, and I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea. From the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. Now, how many times did you hear the Lord say, I will? A couple of times. Plenty of times. 
he promised them, as he was talking to Moses, he said, I will drive out the inhabitants of the land. I will send angels before you. I will send hornets. I will bring confusion. God promised them two years, even before they scouted out the land, that he will be the one to go before them. So Numbers 13.30, church, is what we call a respond to conquer. It is really Caleb's faith. It is really a respond to the promise that God made two years ago. Amen? See, church, we can respond in faith to conquer because the Lord always goes before us. Which brings me to my first point. God always moves first. God always moves first. Let's look at some accounts in the New Testament. In the book of Mark, Jesus sent 72 disciples to go out to all the land. said, preach the gospel, pray for the sick, drive out demons. When the 70 disciples came back to Jesus, they were so excited, they were so filled with joy, and they told Jesus, even the demons submit to us under your name. Then Jesus told, not knowing that there was something that happened before then, then Jesus told them, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the powers of the enemy. See, even before they were sent out, Jesus has given them an authority. They just didn't know. In the feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 5,000, they said there, were, there was a place where there was a lot of grass. They sat down. The disciples uh, told Jesus, send them away, for it's already nighttime. We have no place to get food. And then Jesus said, no, you feed them. And then, of course, the Bible says that. He only said that to test them. It was really for our benefit, because when he said that, one of the disciples said, even a year's wage cannot feed this whole people. So it gives us an idea. It's a daunting task to feed 5,000 and more. But then, who did the feeding, really? He said, what do you have? I have two fish, five pandesals. Okay, that's good enough. Give it to me. He prayed. Then after he prayed, he gave the basket. He gave it to his disciples. And then his disciples took it and gave it to the people. So who really did the feeding? Was it the disciples? It was Jesus. And then they have a lot of leftovers. What we believe to make disciples in Micronesia and beyond, the Great Commission. After the resurrection of Jesus, what did he tell his disciples? Says the Bible says he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. But wait for the promise of the Father. What was the promise of the Father? The promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And then what so why the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit, as as as, as you read in Acts, and you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. Even before we become a witness, God gives us the power. Amen? See, God, church, always moves first. That's why we can have a faith to conquer, because God always moves first. Before God even tells us to go, or to tell, or to share, to feed to bless others, to take, to conquer the land, God really is the first that goes before us. He really is the one that supplies us when God tells us to bless and to feed. 
He's the one that provides for us so that we can share. He's the one that drives. He's the one that prepares before us. God is always the first to move. Amen? Second point, why we can have a faith to conquer. God's promises are irrevocable. Going back to the story of Joshua, Caleb said, I am now 85 years old. Of course, Joshua is almost the same age. I am now 85 years old, but yet my strength still remains in me. Caleb and Joshua has been waiting for more than 40 years to enter the promised land. But because God's promises are irrevocable, time does not void or cancel his promises. A few weeks ago when I shared about Israel, here's another thing about Israel. If you follow the story of Joshua, if you read through the book of Joshua, after the book of Joshua comes the judges. After the judges comes the kings. After the kings, Israel falls. They were taken into captivity for 70 years. They come back to their nation. In the times of the king, it was David and Solomon were their glory days. There were the time where they were really a kingdom. They were living in peace. There was nobody attacking them. But after the two came the divided kingdom. They were taken into captivity by Babylon. When they came back, they were never the same again. Kingdom after kingdom came and put sovereignty over them. From the Persians to the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Greek. And then when the birth of Jesus was the Romans. It took 1,200 some years until 1948 Because God's promise is irrevocable for them to be a nation all over again. Church, time does not cancel or void God's promises. It might have delayed it because they did not respond according to faith. And that's a point there for you to to hear. When we respond according to faith, time can only delay the promises of God. It will never cancel the promises of God. So if you've been waiting probably days, months, years... For those of you who are single, you're waiting to be married. Time is only a delay. For those of you who are waiting for your promotion, like what Nida said, time is only a delay. Amen? Second, second point on this point is, time cannot delay or time is only a delay. People cannot also cancel the promises of God. As we have seen in this story, the ten spies, to, to elaborate on the story, the ten spies went to all throughout the congregation, and they got the whole congregation to believe in them and to to go with them. 600,000 men was numbered in the beginning of Numbers. 600,000 men was numbered in the beginning of Numbers. Okay, that's a wordplay. 600,000 men was numbered from age 20 and above to be the army. And all of them, because they said, we cannot take the land. One by one, they all fell in the wilderness. Only Joshua and Caleb was the last remnant of the fighting man that came out of Egypt. Two men out of 600,000 saw their brethren fall one at a time in the wilderness, never to see the promised land. Why? Because they did not respond according to faith. They responded according to fear. See, church, but because God's promises are irrevocable, that very people could not stop the promise of God. Moses himself... Very interesting. Uh, I've been theorizing this, why he had to die this way. Moses himself was forbidden to enter to the promised land. 
At the end of Deuteronomy, it says that when Moses died 120 years old, it says his eyes was not dim, nor his vigor diminished. Moses was strong. He had good eyesight. He could have walked around for another 40 years in the desert. He could have. But yet God had to take him, had to bury him. It says that Jesus, God himself buried Moses. Nobody knew where he, he was buried. All these years I've wondered why. Why is it that Moses died yet he was so strong? And my conclusion was because all the 600,000 men is now dead. The next generation is ready to claim their promise. Church, even your very leaders, that's why church, a church is not built on a person. God can easily move a person aside when the promise is ready for the taking. They can easily move people aside. Don't flatter ourselves as leaders. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't ever flatter yourself if even as a leader. God can easily move you aside when the promise of God is ready for the taking. Amen? See, people cannot cancel the promises of God. Even our natural condition... Caleb was restored or preserved. I guess the word is preserved. Because he responded accordingly to the promise of God that I will be the one to drive them out. And he responded by saying, we can overcome it. Let us go now. Let us go now. We can overcome it. He responded correctly. Therefore, God preserved his strength. At 85 years old, he was as strong as a 40-year-old man. I am 40 years old. And I, in Jesus' name, no. <laughs> I feel things that uh, it's like, oh, wow, That's, that wasn't there before. Now get out. See? Another example is Abraham himself. Abraham was 100 years old when he fathered Isaac. But probably what you do not know is after the death of Sarah, Abraham fathered six more children. More than 100 years old. See? God was able to preserve their natural condition. Because they responded according to faith. Amen, church? So God, church, we can have a faith to conquer because we know that God always moves first and that God's promises are irrevocable. And that's what Caleb hanged on to. In closing, I've always read this. I've always read the accounts where God sent the 12 spies to spy out the land. I've heard ministers, I've heard people come up in the pulpit and talk about this and take little bit of, uh, bits of pieces to encourage people. But one thing I've never asked is, Lord, why did you send them? Why did you send them out to scout the land when the journey was, was only 11 to 14 days? They could have seen the land in less than two weeks, but why did you have to send them out to look at the land? So I, quite, I asked that question while I was doing this message, and God gave me, and God answered me. Interesting. So can you uh, put back uh, Numbers 13, 31, 33? So far we know this is the respond, right? This is how the ten spies responded uh, to Moses. It says, we are not able to go up against the land because the people there are great. Uh, the houses are, the cities are fortified. Now, how many of you have seen the movie Elp? Make believe church, make believe movie. It's not true. Elp, Will Peril. Will Peril, are you, uh, <laughs> uh, I like movies. <laughs> Normal sized human being grew up with the Elps. So there were a part when he was already a full grown man. So he's living in the Elps house. So he, the Elps house are what? Small. So he sits in a small chair. He lays down in a small bed. He eats with his small utensils and everything. Why? Because they're Elps. They're small, isn't it not? But he's human size, so he's bigger. So it was so uncomfortable. 
Now take that around and spin that around. The giants in the land, because they were giants, they're bigger, they're stronger, they have a certain ability and a capacity of knowledge that's, that's above the human being, because they really are hybrids. They're a mix of uh, angelic beings with human. Or the Greek mythology is pretty much what uh, the closest thing that uh, you can come up with them. So if, if you're a giant, what kind of house would you build? A giant house. <laughs> a giant house. Because they are stronger, because they're taller, they're bigger. This is what they build. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 11. Or verse 6 to, that is actually 6, 11, 12. It's okay. So this is a glimpse that God gave Moses of what the promised land was supposed to look like. Moses never saw it. But this is a glimpse that he gave them. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land, which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you the large, to give you large and beautiful cities, which you did not build. Houses full of good things, which you did not fill. Hone out or hewn out wells, which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. Church, that was the land that God was giving, that was giving them. So how is this an answer to what I asked for? How many of you during Christmas, you want to take a look at your present before Christmas comes? Come on, admit it. We all do. <laughs> so we tear a little bit uh, as kids, I guess. But now as grown-ups, we don't, they don't even wrap our gifts anymore. I get to buy my own gifts now. <laughs> I decide what I want and I buy it. But as, if you were kids, you remember how you would uh, tear up a little piece up, uh, of the side in the corner? And you look at it. Oh, it's a box! It's a box! <laughs> of course, there's something inside the box. But that's all you see. It's a box. So that's what God said to me. The reason I send them out to scout the land, though it would only take 11 to 14 days, because it is an inheritance. An inheritance is a gift. You do not work for a gift. That's why God said, there are large and beautiful cities that you did not build. Wells that you did not dig. Houses that you did not fill. Vineyards that you didn't plant. Because it is an inheritance. An inheritance is something we get from our parents, our grandparents, and it's free. We do not work for it. Since the children, since Israel is the children of God, their promised land was their inheritance. They did not have to work for it. And God, what God wanted them to see was this. God wanted them to be excited that when they saw the land, it is full of beautiful cities. It is filled with vineyards. They brought a grape, a cluster of grapes so big that two men has to carry it. That's what God wanted them to see and God wanted them to be excited over their gift. But yet, only two of them reacted that way. The rest of the people died in the wilderness. Church, that's what an inheritance is. And that's why we can have a faith to conquer our own inheritance. Amen? You don't have to work for your inheritance. I guess that's another thing that just popped in. It's a gift. An inheritance, you, you, you get it as a gift. And this was, this was uh, Israel's inheritance, but yet, because they responded with fear. You know, the giants was really a means to an end. They were there to squatter. God used them to build the houses, the cities, 
the, the, the wells, the vineyards. That's what they were there for. But they were just squatters. A time came when God himself. See, God allowed them to squatter because it was God himself who began to drive them out. All that Israel had to do was go respond correctly to take the land. Amen? Amen. Are you blessed, church? Amen. Let's pray. If I can get the worship team back up and we'll end with a worship song towards the end. Father, thank you. Aren't you excited? You know, when I, start, when I, when I, when I started uh, reading this and when I really started uh, meditating on this, I got me excited that I was sharing it with my wife. Like she gets it uh, two times. I was really so excited about it, especially when God uh, revealed it to me that it's an inheritance. You don't work for your inheritance. It's given to you. Let's just pray. Father, thank you. Father, I thank you, O Lord, that... And Lord, I pray for our people. Lord, I pray that as individuals, Father, as we have heard you speak to us, as you have, we have heard you, and you have given us, each one of us, an inheritance, Father. As you have given us, Father, our own inheritance in you, I pray, Father, that we would have faith to conquer. Because we know that you always move first and that we know those promises cannot change. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would give us, Father, a heart to believe. A heart to believe, O Lord. To claim our promises. To claim our inheritance. I also want to pray for one thing. If you're here today, and you're, perhaps you've been coming to church, you've been checking us out, you've been hearing all this word, and you're hearing all about this wonderful man, Jesus Christ, but yet there's a tug in your heart and you've been wanting to, but you just don't know how. I want to give you an opportunity to uh, make, that, make today a day of your salvation. While everybody's eyes are closed and their heads are bowed, if you're here and you feel the tugging of God to really just allow Him to be your Father and just to allow Him to be your Savior, I want to pray with you. So if that's you, I want to know who you are at least. So if you can just uh, look up and I can see who you are so I would know who you are. Well, everybody's head is bowed and everybody's eyes are closed. If anybody here you can even raise up your hand if you have to I see you over there anybody else I see you over there I see you over there. Well, let's pray. Everybody else can pray with me. Father, thank you that you are a wonderful Father. Lord, I receive you today 
and I consent to be loved by you. Lord, I, from this day on, I allow you to be the Father, to be the Lord of my life. From this day on, I pray your promises over me. And I receive what your son Jesus did on the cross. Make me a new person. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you pray that prayer, to my right is a book table. We want to give you a booklet called One to One. And that will help you with your relationship or this journey. And the best way to do it is really is to do it with another person. Perhaps the person that invited you or grab somebody to do it with. Amen.